Good morning from the newsroom of the Financial Times. Today is Tuesday, November 19th, and this is your FT News Briefing. As violent protests intensify in Hong Kong, there are rising concerns about the region's future as a financial center. We'll hear from the FT's Ravi Matu in Hong Kong. Plus, Cody pays $600 million for half of Kylie Cosmetics. And Boris Johnson postpones plans to drop the corporate tax rate as he warms up before tonight's televised debate. Then we'll take a deep dive into the world of Facebook's fake accounts. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Hong Kong has been engulfed in pro-democracy protests for months. Last week, things escalated significantly after at least one person was shot by police, another was set on fire, and a 70-year-old man died after he was hit in the head with a flying brick. Police said the city was on the brink of total collapse. Ravi Matu is the FT's deputy Asian news editor in Hong Kong. He has more. Up to now, protests have not necessarily affected everyone. Some have been more effective than than others. The outbreak of violence on university campuses and the protesters blocking of roads and the transport chaos caused really escalated this in terms of its impact on day-to-day life. Right now, as of the last couple of days, things are pretty concentrated around uh, the campus of Hong Kong Polytechnic University, where hundreds of students remain holed up after two days. Police have basically laid siege to that campus, preventing people from coming and going. Nearby, in places like TST, other bits of the Kowloon area of Hong Kong, protesters are coming out to try to draw away police's attention from the campus, but also to plead to the police to let their children out of that university in a safe way. And how was the Hang Seng Index done throughout all this? Over the course of these protests, it's not done incredibly well. Part of that has to do with the trade war. The economy of Hong Kong before these protests was affected by the impact of that. But nonetheless, it certainly had you know, a rough time in the light of it. Every now and then, certain bits of good news come out that seem to kind of have a bit of a positive effect. Last week, Alibaba announced a secondary listing, and that comes at a time of incredible political sensitivity. So that will inevitably be seen as a bit of a boost for the Hong Kong Stock Exchange. So while Alibaba's announcement of a $13.4 billion secondary listing made a splash, the company's timing on when to list on the Hong Kong stock market is still curious, given the state of the territory. Alibaba originally filed for a listing in June, hoping to raise up to $20 billion. Pricing is expected on Wednesday. But the listing is more than a contender for the year's biggest equity raising. It's also viewed as a critical test for the territory and Beijing. One source told the FT that the listing could be intended as a political message of support for Hong Kong as a financial center. An analyst pointed out that if Alibaba's listing goes through, China can say that, quote, Hong Kong is still functioning. We are here at my offices, my headquarters, and this is the official Kylie Cosmetic Tour. That's Kylie Jenner in an Instagram video that had nearly 400,000 views. It's the kind of social media savvy beauty group Cody is looking for as it buys a controlling stake in Ms. Jenner's cosmetics company. For $600 million, Cody will get a 51% stake in Kylie Cosmetics once the deal closes later this year. It gives Kylie Cosmetics a rough valuation of $1.2 billion. Ms. Jenner is the youngest of the Kardashian sisters. According to Cody Chief Executive Pierre Lobet, a single Instagram post by Kylie Jenner reaches more people than the Super Bowl. 
On Monday, leaders from the UK's three major political parties appeared at the CBI Business Group's annual conference in London. There, they each gave their pitch to British business. Many were expecting Boris Johnson to propose a round of tax cuts for businesses. The FT's Jim Picard has more on what the Prime Minister and Conservative Party leader announced instead. Boris Johnson, the Conservative leader, announced that he was no longer going to cut corporation tax from 19p to 17p in the pound in order to free up £6 billion a year of extra public spending. Jeremy Corbyn repeated his message to business that they had nothing to fear from the Labour Party's radical programme of higher tax and spending and mass nationalisations. And then Joe Swinson, who's the leader of the Liberal Democrats, made her pitch as a pro-business, anti-Brexit party that would not work with either of the other two parties to get into power. And here's a story you should know more about. Last week, Facebook announced it had shut down nearly five and a half billion fake accounts in the first nine months of this year. That's an astonishing number all on its own. But it's especially eye-opening when you consider that it's more than double the number of Facebook's actual users. This fact has been playing on our minds quite a lot. We've been thinking about it a lot. That's the FT's Elaine Moore. She decided to investigate Facebook's fake account situation. And what we've been thinking is, if you go and have a look at the SEC filings for Facebook, it very clearly states that the company finds it very difficult to know how many fake accounts it has and to track and find fake accounts. It just made us wonder how many accounts are actually live on the on the platform. And you tested this by making a fake account, is that right? Actually, we bought some online. So uh, it was unbelievably easy to do. You just do a Google search, fake accounts online. There are a lot of websites that will offer to sell accounts for you. We chose to buy two sets. One was accounts that had been just created. And these are, they're called PVA, phone verified accounts. And the companies say is that somebody is creating these accounts in real time right now, and they'll send them to you. It only costs $25 to buy 50 of these accounts. And we also bought some accounts that had, that the companies claim have been created a long time ago to, in this case, two years ago. Those are a little bit more expensive. I think that was $50 for just about five accounts. And those have been fleshed out with a profile picture, interests. And the idea is supposed to be that these accounts are more difficult for the company to spot, to identify as a fake account. So, Elaine, you said that Facebook acknowledges that it has this fake user problem. How transparent are they in reporting this problem? Well, in some ways, they're really transparent because you can go and look in the the filings and you can see this percentage figure they give. They're very clear that this is an estimate and it's an approximation. And in other ways, they're quite opaque. They don't say exactly how they get to this figure. They say they take a small sampling and they have to use substantial judgment to get there. But this is part of a broader question about Facebook, which is how much do we know really about the numbers? So advertisers in particular have been pushing on Facebook to try and open up the metrics a little bit ever since we had this scandal about the overestimation of uh, video views that they admitted to in 2016. So user growth is one of the main metrics investors and analysts use when calculating Facebook's success. Do they feel like this is no longer a way to determine how the business is actually doing? Right. And that's something that I was really interested in. And that is maybe where uh, Facebook and I disagree is 
that Facebook is is very proud of its user growth. And if you ever go and look at earnings quarterly earnings reports, it will talk about user growth and the the total size of monthly active users very high up. What you won't see is a little number next to that saying, by the way, we think that 5% of these might be fakes, 11% might be duplicates. That you have to go and look in the SEC filings. The thing that's really interesting about Facebook has been, there have been so many scandals over the last, the last year, maybe the last two years. There has been this global delete Facebook campaign. There have been the Cambridge Analytica scandal. And yet the revenue keeps on rising. Advertisers keep putting more and more money into Facebook. And so the stock price has been fairly resilient considering the sort of awful time that the company has had. And my suggestion is that part of that is because, firstly, it's the size of the network. If you, Where else are you going to go if you're an advertiser to get over 2 billion users? But it's also because of the sense that the company is still growing. If you take out the number of fake users and duplicate users that Facebook itself admits, the actual growth in users is a lot less impressive. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. Today, the second week of open hearings on Donald Trump's dealings with Ukraine will begin. A number of administration officials are set to appear as witnesses in Congress's investigation. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit from a local business to a global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights and business solutions so powerful you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024.